0: What is truly better? Should I invest in Australian shares or should I invest in Australian real estate? That is what this discussion is about. And of course, I'm gonna use some expert advice as to what this could look like for yourself and what would yield a better return. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency, and financial freedom. Now, of course, I'm here as a YouTuber, so I can't really give you financial advice and I give you a disclaimer in every single video. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to share an analysis that a fellow financial advisor has actually shared online. And what I'll attempt to do is share my thoughts as well as break it down for you guys so you can easily understand, walk away and say, yeah, you know what? That made a lot of sense. Now, before I do continue, there is such a large portion of you guys that are watching but haven't subscribed to the channel. It would mean the world to me by supporting the channel by simply pressing that red button that says subscribe. And with that, I'll continue. So this data is based on 150 years worth of data backed by Westpac Research. Now, what we can see is that Australian property over the last 150 years with the growth plus the rental income component has yielded about 8.3% per year on average. Whereas when you compare this to the long-term historical data trends of Australian shares, they've actually gone ahead and performed at 9.8% annual growth every year. So, so far, it's looking like it's a pretty obvious choice with Australian shares. Now, for this case study, financial advisor Ben Nash goes through an example of if you had $100,000 today, what you could do in shares and what that would look like with property, but not just today, not in five years' time, but also in the long term of a 30-year window. And we're gonna compare the pair and then we're gonna break it all down. So, what we can see here is Australian shares at $100,000 at 9.8% and a property worth $500,000 at 6.3% now again 6.3 and not 8.3 because 2% is going towards the income right so we're not going to calculate this as part of it and we're just going to base this on average capital growth which works out to be 6.3% now in this example with the $100,000 we're going to purchase Australian shares at 9.8% annual growth but for property we're going to purchase $500,000 worth of real estate and the reason being is you can use leverage the $100,000 would be enough for you to go and put your deposit in as well as all your upfront costs on a property worth $500,000 the other thing to note as part of this analysis is that we are only using 6.3% as the capital growth number. Reason being it's not 8.3 and it's 6.3 is because 2% is made up of the income when you look at historical trends. So what we're going to do is we're going to compare apples with apples, 6.3% versus 9.8%. Let's continue. As you can see in this example, Australian shares will be growing at a higher percentage point, but the dollar value is different. And you can see that straight away in year one, where the $100,000 is now worth $110,250. 52. But the property that was purchased for 500K is now worth 532,426. And we see how the power of leverage can really assist you in growing your wealth faster. I'm definitely gonna cover off some risks as well as some opportunities after we do this analysis. What we can see is after 10 years, the shares would be worth 265,387. That's greater than a 2X on the initial investment of 100K. Whereas the property would now be worth 937,259. Now, although that is not a 2x of the property value, what you need to look at is the cash on cash return. So how much money did I put in and how much my return is on that money? So in this case, the shares are returning a 2.6x multiplier, whereas with the property, it's coming in at probably 9.3x. However, we need to consider that we do have debt on this property. If we did take out debt at 90% LVR, that would be 450000 So we can go ahead and minus that from that dollar value. So the 937000 would now become 380000 in terms of X. And that is the equity position we need to calculate when we look at cash on cash return. And that would be a higher return than the shares in this example. Once you go and extend this for the 20 year and 30 year timeframe, you really see the power of leverage and how real estate can help you grow a lot faster than purely looking at shares. What we can see here is by the year 30, Those shares that were initially invested for $100,000 is now worth 1.869 million. Now this is what people sort of often talk about is that passive investing style where you continue to dollar cost average into those markets and this is how you end up retiring on more money than if you were simply just saving that money in your bank account. Now if you compare that to the real estate here, the property value is now worth 3.293 million, which is phenomenal. And if you minus out the initial debt and let's assume we didn't pay any of the debt from day one, we still have the same debt over for 30 years that would be about 450,000 and when you minus that from the 3.293 million you're left with almost 2.9 million in terms of equity position so that's a significant difference it's almost a 2x on what you could get with the shares the cash on cash return is very important so a couple of notes from the financial advisor before I sort of jump in he says that in this example I've only included the growth return on property and excluded the rental income taxes borrowing costs to keep things simple these are not insignificant but you can see from the big gap between property and shares there's plenty of room to include these and still have property come out way in front You can see from these figures that the long-term return on shares is strong and that keeping money invested for a long time Will create some serious results But when you look at the total return on property, even though the return percentage is lower property is a clear winner This is driven by the fact that you're starting with a much bigger initial investment that then grows and compounds over time Now this is where i'm going to jump in and share what my thoughts are around property What we're looking at is an average number so 6.3 percent 8.3 percent 10.3 These are all just averages even this year alone where we've had some sort of a correction in the market You can see Sydney going down by seven percent But you've got other markets going up by five or six percent So when you are looking at these numbers You need to always factor in that you can't just buy anywhere and hope for the best What you need to do is target the right areas and the right locations That's where we can come in as a buyer's agent if you need the help to outsource all of that If you don't want to go and spend hours on the phone with agents You don't know where to start when it comes to research and you're looking at properties that you want to get positive cash flow from Then definitely contact me I'll include our buyers agency website for search property as well as my email will be pinned in the comments down below the final point that he makes is that property will help you to get to where you want to be faster almost all of the risks that come with buying property can be well managed and with the right approach and careful planning so the question then becomes if property will get you there faster and easier why wouldn't you obviously being a personal finance channel here and a big focus on real estate I want to go and explore all those options not just real estate but what other asset classes are out there and how they can help you really structure a portfolio, achieve your goals and financial freedom later on. Whether you invest in shares or whether you invest in property or you invest in both, I think there's a couple of really key points that you need to take away from this video. It's that number one, you need a strong strategy. Rather than going out and figuring out what type of shares do I want to buy or what type of property I want to buy, I need to sit down and figure out what the roadmap looks like and what my end goal is. If your goal is to make $3 million a year, then you're going to have to put that on paper and then work backwards to say, how do I achieve this in the timeframe I've allocated myself. Equally, if you just want to go and replace your full-time income from your property investment portfolio, then you need to work backwards and figure out what that value is today versus what it would look like in 10 or 15 years. As I mentioned before, it's very important that you focus on the right properties. You just can't simply go out there and say, well, I've got this much information. These are the only areas I know that's where I'm going to go and invest. This is not like you spending a few dollars at the grocery store. You are going and taking on debt, which can work out quite well in your favor as we've seen in this example. But if you purchase the right assets, you're probably going to have to wait a few years before you even see any sort of growth on that money. Now, being a buyer's agent, it makes most sense for me to say to you, Hey, you should probably just buy real estate. However, what I value more is your time and the fact that we are building a community out here. What I like to be is transparent. And for me personally, I don't invest in shares. And I've mentioned that on the channel. What I focus on are alternative assets. I like the bulk of my wealth to be in real estate, but then I can use leverage, take out equity and build my positions elsewhere, like in crypto, like in trading cards. Now for you, you might feel comfortable with shares. You might feel comfortable with ETFs. And there's nothing wrong with diversifying your portfolio. I think a lot of smart people do the same thing. So instead of having that question in your mind around, should I invest in shares or property? I would say do both. If you can and have the opportunity to understand both the pros and cons for both asset classes, you will do really well long-term. The final point I'll make around this is that although real estate is very popular and can yield you such amazing results, there is often a higher barrier to entry before you get in. So yes, you could go out there and try and buy property but in the years that you're saving your money you can use the velocity of money concept where you can invest in other things before you get to a deposit to be able to actually go and buy real estate. Everyone's strategy is different and that's why you can't have a cookie cutter approach from something I'm doing or something someone else is doing and definitely not be listening to people that did this like 15 or 20 years ago. That shit doesn't work. I hope you guys have enjoyed this video and short analysis. Thank you to Ben the financial advisor who smashed it out with this analysis and if you guys are interested in more ongoing content definitely go and subscribe. To the channel and put the bell notifications on so you know exactly when I'm about to drop some real value I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys